Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by our recurring guest and friend, Michael Delzato, who's fresh off of his pickleball tour. Uh, we're going to talk about the Rangers win last night against the Leafs, preview a little bit of this weekend against the Oilers and the Sabres and the back-to-back. But DZ, first of all, weather's shitty in Miami. I know you're probably going a little nuts in your home there. What's going on? Uh, yeah, weather hasn't been great. So I've been uh, been training like I'm playing again, like it's the off season for me. So it's been fun to kind of get in that, get the competitive juices flowing and push myself in the weight room. Uh, been watching a little bit more hockey than I than I normally would. Uh, obviously, huge win last night. So uh, you know, lots to talk about, I guess, uh, regarding the boys. How about you? Before we go into the boys, well, how about me? I'm doing good. Getting ready for Christmas time. It's one of those weeks too, like week before the holidays. You know, in kind of like a mental fog. Um, I don't know if you feel that at all, but I guess you're not since you're doing two workouts a day, like a fucking uh, hardo. But, um, you know, I don't know about Florida, but COVID's like starting to come back a little bit in New York. And like my brother-in-law has it like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. But. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone's getting it again, but same as when COVID started, it doesn't really exist here in Florida. You know, that's not really spoken about, not really a thing. Um, the holidays are, are interesting here. I've done it once when I played in uh, in Anaheim. I had my parents come out, and it was the first time I'd spent you know Christmas in warm climate. And it's a little different because you don't have the snow. Yeah, there's decorations and whatnot here, but it's just not the same with the with the cold and the snow. Uh, like that three week, two week preparation leading up to to Christmas. So I know it's only you know not too far away here, but it doesn't really feel like it. Just feels like a normal week in my opinion. Well, are you having some FOMO with the team Christmas parties going on now? I know that's always a big hit with the players and stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. That we did. I remember when we did the one with twenty four seven. Oh yeah. I was wearing. Uh, yeah, I wore like uh, the naughty reindeer, or was like the two reindeer having a having a threesome. We did like the ugly Christmas sweater. My mom still gives me shit right <laughs> to this day. Why would you? Why would you wear that? Like no, people still talk about it. Like, it was funny. I, I was like the young guy at the time. You had to have a little fun at the Christmas party. Who was in the? I actually do remember my my that Christmas party. Wade Redden was holding, uh, having the party or hosting everyone at uh, you know one of the ballrooms or whatever at his, at his. He had lived in this beautiful condo building in uh, Central Park West, uh, and you know had a little bit too much to drink that night. I remember I puked everywhere and filled the sink up and the boys were giving me a hard time the next day i think someone had to come in and clean it up they don't really remember you puked in the sink um so that oh yeah i went to the bathroom i didn't know i don't know for whatever reason i have this like weird thing like i'd rather go in the sink than get on all fours and do it in the toilet and i learned the hard way i got a, a lot of heat about it from the boys the next yeah day. that's just flat out disrespectful dude you gotta go in the toilet <laughs> yeah, yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong you're not wrong when you're 19 and blacked yeah. out, like you don't really think of those things. So uh, you're not wrong at all. I'm not defending myself <laughs> here. I promise you that. Well, speaking <laughs> of that too, and I know we're getting so off topic right now, but I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> Secret Santa is like a big thing amongst like college teams, junior teams. Is that a thing in the NHL or is, is it just too hard? I think we only did that one year, to be honest. Uh, I forget where it was. It might have been Vancouver. Yeah, only one year. I know some teams do it, some don't. Um, I'm more more excited about the Christmas parties uh, as opposed to the the Secret Santa. Stuff. All right, well now I gotta ask, which team had the best Christmas party that you played on? 
Ooh. Uh, when I played in Philly, like those guys like to party. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so Christmas, Halloween, year end party, no, no matter what it was, those guys went all out. So I wouldn't say it's like one specific party as to something happened, but that team in general, just, um, they like to get after it. Yeah. And they're buzzing right now too. I mean, all these teams in the, in the NHL, like, I don't know if you've watched a variety of the teams or just the Rangers, but like Philly, the Islanders, like these are teams that are just a huge surprise right now. Um, if you have anything on that. The, yeah. I, I, Philly, Philly doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me. It surprised me where they are in the standings, but it doesn't surprise me that they've taken the next step. Uh, you know, Torts has done what Torts does, you know, it takes a year for the team to kind of buy into his mindset and how they need to play. And he's, uh, he's done an amazing job there. Mm-hmm. Do you think Philly is a threat to the Rangers at all? or No, I, I don't see them going far come playoff time. Uh, they're just not there. They're way too young, too inexperienced. They don't have the pieces. But it's it's definitely you know, a great story and uh, fun to talk about for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into last night's game a little bit. I mean, you texted me probably 15 minutes after puck drop, like this game sucks <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I didn't disagree. It, it was slow. I didn't disagree. It, it it was sloppy to stars. Like guys were falling everywhere. It was like a it was like we were playing Mario Kart. They had the banana peels everywhere. Guys couldn't stand up. The puck was going back and forth. It looked like a like a ping pong match. It was it was ugly. It just wasn't uh, wasn't much structure in two teams that definitely have the offense to play the you know that that back and forth track meet. Um, but it just it just felt a little choppy and sloppy to me. But I mean they got the two points. It doesn't really doesn't really matter uh, as long as you win. There's stuff, some stuff you can kind of clean up watching video and uh, and talking about after. Uh, you'd rather be able to uh, discuss and learn from that when you're at least on the winning end of the game. Actually brings me to a good point too. You know, you just mentioned like when you discuss over video and whatnot, not a lot of fans understand how a game can look when you're watching it. And then when you go over the video after, it's a completely different game. Like when you really kind of break it down. Are you seeing the game differently right now when you watch on TV? Are you kind of like noticing little things that you maybe wouldn't have as a player on the ice? Uh, yeah, I think that's why a lot of teams, a lot of coaches and GMs will have guys like sit in the, sit in the crowd or sit in the, the press box uh, for a couple of games. It just gives you a different perspective of the game. When you're in it, it, it's so fast. And sometimes you're just not seeing plays you may usually uh, see. And that's strictly a confidence thing. Uh, the way I watch now, it's, it's, you know, unfortunately it's a copycat league. So you have one team that has success with a certain system or a certain play, and then everyone kind of starts to, to run that as well. Um, you know, there's certain teams that are a little bit more fun to watch. I enjoy watching the Rangers, you know, the Leafs for sure. They can put up, um, you know, put up goals pretty much at ease. You saw the other night, uh, with Columbus, they were down five, nothing. So there's certain teams I enjoy watching. Uh, and there's certain teams that got like a Vegas or LA where they're just so well structured and coached that, um, you know, they have a chance to win every single night. So I enjoy the, the the inner details of the game where it's not always about the skill and the speed, but it's just the technical side of it as well. All right, well, I got to ask you, I, I don't know how I want to word this, but I had an argument with a good friend of mine. His name's Harrison Hasco, and he probably doesn't expect that shout-out, so I'm sure he's giggling right now as he's listening to this. But uh, I give him a pretty hard time. He always has some shitty hockey takes, and I let him hear it. But today we were talking about – I mean, this is my scale of teams in, in the NHL. I don't know if you feel differently, but I kind of break it down this way where there's elite teams, there's great teams, there's good teams, there's bad teams, and then there's dog shit teams. So I want to ask you right now in that scale, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but Rangers and Leafs, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people compare the two. Where would you measure those on that scale? 
are they a leader? Are they great or just good? So, I mean, if you look at them in the standings, you would have them in the elite category. I would put them in the very good. I don't think they're at in the elite category just yet. And really the only, the only team I would put in elite is Vegas. I, I, you know, that was my team at the start of the year to win again. Uh, they're just, they're built old school. They're back end. And, you know, they have some skill guys, some guys that can skate, but for the most part, they're just big boys and it's hard to score on them. It's they're They make it very hard to get to the front of that, get to the dirty areas. Um, they have what it takes to win and they have pretty much the same team coming back and you know, they've done it for how many years in playoffs. So that's a, a huge, huge uh, a benefit in their regard. Uh, as far as, again, I, and I like the Rangers. I, you know, we look where they're at, the amount of wins, the, the pieces they have. I'm just, I, I'm not sure yet. And I know come deadline, you know, Drew will probably pick up one or two good pieces and that may take them to the next level. It's just, it's hard to be elite and it's hard to show that every single night. I think there's been a few games uh, that the Rangers have maybe taken their foot off the gas or, or have played down to the other team's level and, and elite teams don't do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's been a lot of duds this year, even though um, they are, but but they always respond. You know, like they have. Yeah, I, I know yeah. it's it, that's why it's hard to argue yeah. against them, right? It, where they are in the standings, but to your point, like we talked about that that one dead game, or like elite teams, they don't have their best every single night, but they don't they don't lay an egg like that. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, that was the Ottawa game. I think we were talking about where they just came out flat. But um, you know, it's 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 interesting, and um, you know, I think they're one in the league right now as we're talking, right? I think they're you know, by themselves in first place in the league. And, you know, they still have another level to get to though. That's so it's a positive and a negative. For sure. For sure. There is another level. And I think if they can find that, which I, which I hope they do, then they're that much more dangerous come playoff time. And, and again, it's come deadline. There's going to be uh, an addition or two that will make that team even deeper and, and hopefully for a long playoff run. So we, we, we got to the elite. What would you say the dog shit teams are? <laughs> I mean, those are pretty obvious, I would think. Even yeah. even though uh, last night, what, Columbus put up a nine spot on Buffalo? I'd say yeah. they're, they're up there as a dog shit team. Um, you know, Anaheim, I think they've been, you know, I don't want to say complete dog, dog shit because they had a skit. No, they had. But they had a good start to the year. So, like, I want to give them that. They had a good start. No one expected that. Yeah. And then, yeah, now they're, they're dog yeah. shit. <laughs> they beat the Devils the other night. That was a yeah. win. And then. Uh, that's See, that's the beauty of. So what I tell people all the time, that's the beauty of our sport because it is a hard salary cap. You never know who's going to win on a nightly basis, right? It's not like the NBA and MLB where you pay the luxury tax and you can go over and the, you know, typically the wealthiest teams are the best teams and they're good every single year in hockey. You just, you don't know. And especially come playoff time, you look at last year, the Panthers, you get hot at the right time. Who knows what can happen? My, my first year playing in New York, our last game of the season was us against the Flyers in Philly. Whoever won that game snuck into the eighth yeah. seed. We lost in a shootout. They end up going on uh, to the, um, excuse me, to the Stanley Cup final and losing to Chicago. So, like, who would have thought, you know, the eighth seed, you just have to get in. You ride a hot goaltender. The team gets hot at the right time. You build momentum. Uh, you never know. It doesn't really work that way in the other sports. I, gosh, I'm just giggling as this question, like, kind of foreign into my head from you saying that. I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans are curious about this. That fucking Ole Jokinen shootout move. <laughs> <laughs> he man, he's a good player and he's a good shootout. Like, I, I know. I, the thing is, if that goes in, no one's gonna be like, "Oh wow, that was a horseshit move," and he got away with it. Like a lot of guys make that move where you fake shot, go backhand. Hopefully, the goalie opens up his five hole and slides in. 
that that unfortunately <laughs> didn't work and it looked fucking awful and it looked awful like it looked like he was like hey you know what i just want to enjoy a long summer that's what it looked like dude i remember torts after torts like years later i forget who was saying it to um uh, another team man and he, he under his breath he goes fucking Ole Oaken and yeah he you know but hey, we traded for him like he's I he was a great player at the time it was an unfortunate result very unfortunate result dramatics of it the full ice loop to come yeah, in and then yeah. the balls to do a five hole slip with the playoffs on the line yeah 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 you're absolutely right Unreal. that's that's confidence right there unfortunate uh, Oh, uh, fuck. Still stings. Yeah, no, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I don't want to, you know, reminisce too much on that moment. But, like, you know, that's probably the only time that's ever happened in the history of the NHL where, like, two teams battling for a playoff spot come down to a shootout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty exciting. In Philly, too. Like, Philly, New York. Pretty epic rivalry. Yeah, it was an awesome game. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I wish, like, you know, the shootout didn't decide it to, yeah. right? Just kind of went to overtime. It's a tough one. But that was our – that was our – kind of really the whole time I was in New York, we had some high end guys, but we never had, you know, we, we talked about last before Gabby scored 40 goals, but we never had with some 20 goal scores, but we never had numerous 30 plus goal scores. That was just one thing that we never had there for whatever reason. Uh, couldn't have numerous, you know, a superstar mm-hmm. offensive talent. So I guess that, uh, you know, that brings me to this team too, right? Where there's a lot of superstar talent on this team. And I think a lot of fans too, like, you know, everyone loves that. Henrik Lundqvist debate, like if he had this team in front of him, how many cups would he have won, or had he w- would he have won one at least? Um, can you talk about just like the top to bottom talent? Because right now this team, like we're seeing guys like Jimmy Vesey has like seven or eight goals already this year. Yeah, um, you know Braden Schneider scores a big goal last night. You know it seems like a common theme this year with the wins that they do have. It's somebody new stepping up every single night. The, the benefit you have when you're a good team and you're spread throughout the lineup, which you have to give credit to, to Coach Laviolette about that, is now as an opposing team, you're trying to figure out your defensive matchups, especially when you're at home. You obviously get first change. They're a hard team to match up against because you have guys that can hurt you on every single line. So if you're the other team's you know number one um, defense pairing or, or shutdown line, are you going against the Zibinijai line or are you going against uh, – uh, the bread's line, yeah. right? It's like you have to kind of pick one. And that now, if you're the other line, which you're you're probably a first line in any other uh, on any other team, now you're getting the second pair or potentially the third pair if you get um, you know the right matchups. And now you're at an advantage. So same thing with the third line, you're getting favorable matchups, well, which allow you to perform and, and score. And you look at Jim, you know Jimmy's having a great season. He always had. He's been bounced around a little bit, but he still find ways to score goals. And that's what you know. Uh, makes him very valuable and wanted with these different teams. Would you put him up on the first line for a couple of games with Zabat and Jen and Kreider or kind of just let him, you know, continue to thrive in that role? Uh, is he, can he play the right side? I don't know. I don't know his skill set well enough. Best. Yeah, he has before. I mean, when, when Wheeler's been up there, he's, he's performed in some games. He hasn't, I think we've had this conversation before. I think with him, he's always played 20 plus minutes. He's always been the guy and now he comes to a team where he's maybe not the guy anymore. And, th- and that's fine. You know, not, you can't be in your prime your whole career. You know, he's definitely on the back nine of his career. Um, but he still needs opportunities to play with the right players so he can see plays, make plays, um, and, and be able to be given opportunities to score too. So I don't, uh, I don't think he should be taken off there. I mean, w- what they're doing is working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why change? Yeah, it's interesting too. Like a guy like Johnny Brodzinski actually did a one-on-one sit-down with my colleague, Matt Mugno, who writes for the Hockey News as well. And he was just talking about, 
you know, the difference in the quality of players. Like when you play in the AHL, like maybe guys aren't always in the right spot. Whereas in the NHL, like you're just used to everyone being in the position that they should be in. And it's interesting how, you know, Wheeler can, you know, maybe struggle on a third line, but then thrive on a first line just because of how, you know, players are familiar with one another and know where to be in those spots. And I'm sure you felt the same way as a defenseman. Yeah, it's people. Everyone says like it's easier to play in the NHL than than the AHL, which is is true. It doesn't matter how good you are, everyone see typically sees the game the right way. So for a guy like Wheeler again, you're playing on the third line, and typically those guys are probably only been third line players in their career. So naturally, they're told you get over the red line or blue line, you chip the puck in, you go chase it, and you play that dump and chase grind style. Whereas if he's with the first line player. He knows, hey, I can attack this hole, and instead of chipping in, this guy may expose the defenseman's triangle and send me in on a two-on-one or, uh, or or find some open space, and now we're entering the ozone with possession as opposed to, to chasing it. So there's just different uh, mindsets based off, I guess, the the length of the leash you have mm-hmm. on where you are in the lineup as well too, right? Yeah, and it seems like everyone kind of has a long leash this year under Laviolette with you know, Braden Schneider kind of taking his ice last night and sneaking in and scoring a beauty. But, um, you know, speaking of third liners, Will Cooley last night, him and Barclay Goodrow returned back to Toronto where they're kind of from and grew up. And a lot of fans might not know the money on the board thing, but uh, I'm curious the most money you put on the board and in what situation, what game, and if you can kind of explain it to people that might not know. Yeah, so typically if you were playing against your hometown team or a team you played on before – or you're uh, playing in your hometown city, you would put money up on the board. Any team that you've kind of had an affiliation with. Unfortunately for me at the end of my career, there was a lot of teams. So I wasn't <laughs> putting up nearly as much money just because the accumulation was so high. Uh, the most I'd probably put up would be, uh, that's a good question. Probably a team dinner I probably put up on the road. Um, and I did that in, in the minors my last year too. You know, there's some younger guys that were making 70k that you know could barely afford to eat to be honest with you when you're living in california so there'll be numerous times i'd be like hey you know younger group i'm like you know we win tonight where i'll take the boys out you know for a night out um the most i've ever seen i forget the exact number but it wasn't the double digits was was gabrick when he signed his new deal mm-hmm. and it was you know he signed for a lot of money but that's the most i'd ever seen personally I know Wade Ryden uh, had some amazing ones when he was down in Hartford because he was still making his $6 million. <laughs> um, where, yeah, and, and no, he was great. And one of, one of the nicest human beings, and that was an unfortunate situation. Uh, when he was in Hartford, he was putting up for game winners numerous nights, uh, iPads for guys. So guys would get a game winner, and uh, there's an iPad, or here's a, um, uh, a laptop. Yeah, so there, there's guys, definitely some guys who are – a little bit more giving than others, but it always becomes a thing. If a guy forgets to put it up, you know, say if it was a Wade Red and you put, you know, number six on the board and you put the question mark beside him to kind of call him out. So he'd walk in the locker mm. room and see the boys know what's going on. And, um, you know, it's time to answer the, answer the bell. Which road game to that, like meant the most to you in your career? Uh, Toronto. Cause that was home for me. Mm. Like the first time, uh, back but then or, after a while, like yeah, yeah, the first time back, and I scored that game too, which was awesome. I don't know how many people I had, a, a large number, um, but every time it was just you never know who's going to be there. I have tons of buddies who have season tickets, so they would be at the game. Like some that sat on the glass, so like that was always fun. You know, when I played in Philly and I came back to New York, it was it was special. I'd probably be up there as well. I think with Toronto, like after a while, it kind of gets old. Like the building isn't that exciting. It was just great that you know it was home for me. 
know, that's it just felt so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I talked about before going to Vegas is you know that's such an insane experience. You know, you stay on the strip, you walk the strip to the game. There's so much energy going on outside. They have outdoor concerts going on before the game. You get there, you have no idea, you know, who's going to be performing between periods, who's doing their um, their pregame show. You have the go-go dancers around the glass. You know, the the bass is is so loud. The bottles are shaking on the bench. You're like, you know, you know should this be with water? Or should it be filled up with tequila? You don't know if you're partnering or, or playing a game. Uh, so very, very unique in the <laughs> sense that there's no other arena like it. Have, have you been there yet? If not, that's got to that's got to be on your bucket list. I was there oh. for the cup final. I went to, uh, all the games. It was fucking yeah. sick. Like their entrance is far and away the best, like on ice, like, welcome, like, you know, welcome to the ice, yeah. the Vegas golden Knights. Yeah. yeah. It's nighttime, whatever it is. And it's you can say it's sick. cheesy when they have the guy on the ice and they do that. Like it's a little cheesy, but it, it brings the crowd. Like, I, I think it's cool. Cause there, there's not a ton of like actual hockey fans, but you will go to the game and mm-hmm. you've had a positive experience, not even, you know, maybe knowing what icing or offside is. They, they, it's very, uh, they're very interactive with the crowd, kids, all ages. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I thought it was cheesy when I first saw it on TV, but being there live, you, you get yeah. the chills. It is, it is fucking sick. Like, um, I don't know if they do it for regular season games too, but they have like a woman that does like a medieval times voice that like narrates the, the storyline going into the game. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was like, I yeah. thought I was watching the opening to like, I don't know why the first movie I thought it was like Shrek, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, how about that? Um, it was Game of Thrones. Yeah, or Game of Thrones like probably yeah. way better. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but I do want to rewind a little bit back to the Rangers because uh, you texted me last night, 13 with the, the cold emoji, and then like 10 minutes later, he scores. Ice cold. Yeah, yeah. Ice cold, yeah. Like, we've talked about him before, and, and he, you know, definitely had to eat my words from the start of the season. He was cold, but we talked about if you're not getting those minutes on the top line power play and he's getting them now. And he was, he went through a stretch there where he looked very good. He looked very good. He's definitely cooled off a little bit and you understand that you're going to go through those ups and downs. But when you're playing, you're getting those minutes and you're playing with arguably one of the best passers, one of the best players in the game you're counted on um, to produce. So definitely a lucky one last night, but Hopefully that gets him going again. Would you give him it's it's hard to really say because that first power play unit has been so strong. But would you consider trying to give you a no before <laughs> before you even go there? No, you can't. You can't because it, it's not about developing that you can't ruin something that that's that good. They're 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 rolling. And you look at their chemistry, some of their setups they have, they're very unconventional it's not your normal one three one or your overload the way they're moving the puck and finding holes they're this they're all um they're all lethal shooters so now that creates openings where you have to respect the shot guys are going down um to block shots and that's when it's opening these seam passes and you know they're 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 pretty goals they're getting some obviously Kreider is phenomenal around the net but they complement each other well. It's what it's what Washington used to be years yeah. ago, where it's just okay. You're going to take Ovechkin away. Okay, we have Oshie in the slot now. There's so many um, so many pieces that can hurt you. And excuse me if I'm blanking on this. You were a PK, right? You did PK. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. More not. A, I did in New York, but when I got to Philly, that then I was like number one PK. Yeah, I was 
a work in progress learning how to block shots. Yeah, that was a work with torts. Yeah. Well, let me ask you as a, you know, defending opponent, when you see Miko winding up, are you kind of just like, fuck me? Like, I really hope this doesn't hit me. <laughs> like, you know, like. Yeah. So how a lot of teams will, will coach the PK now is typically when that pass, the scene pass is a different story, but when that pass is coming from up top from Fox yeah. to the left flank to Mika, guys, guys, I mean, guys can shoot the puck so hard and so accurate mm. now. They're so good. And it seems to be all of them are, are right-hand shot guys like Stamkos, Ovechkin, these guys. Typically, Lining. most teams would, yeah, yeah, I go down the, yeah, he's Pasta. been a bit of a bust the last little bit, though, unfortunately, with all the injuries, like, yeah, we haven't seen much of them, but these these goalies want to see the puck, so they want, they appreciate, for the most part, they appreciate guys trying to block shots, so what they're, we're now taught, or we're taught, excuse me, is that defenseman is going to come out and take away the far side of the net, so that way, when that shot comes off Mika's stick, as a goaltender, I know it's coming short side, so I don't even have to worry about, you know, typically for most goalies being left-hand catchers, I don't have to worry about that coming across the green. So now I can take my momentum, and instead of worrying about my shoulder or the blocker making the save, I can bring my body, and that should be hitting me, you know, unfortunately sometimes maybe in the face, but square in the chest if I'm in the right position. So you're taking away the glove side of the net. Correct. You're taking away the far side. So wherever the passes come from, you're taking away the far side of the net and allowing the short side uh, to the goalie. That way you're not taking his vision away either. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to ask you one, <laughs> not like, one, I don't, I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I, I remember talking to McAvoy his rookie year and he was like, dude, I got to, I'm on the PK against the Caps tomorrow. Like I'm standing in front of Obi shot. Like, like you're like hockey players are tough, but you're also fucking scared in that moment. Like, come on, like be real. 100%, 100%. <laughs> Blocking shots is not fun. I went through stretches <laughs> in my career where I was like, sometimes I was fucking petrified, petrified <laughs> of, of eating the like, and, and even yeah. from like a wrister, I just petrified. Then like shot blockers came into, into the league. And then once I was like very relied on as a PK, PK guy during my time in Philly and I was, you know, first PK unit, the amount of shit I had attached to my shin pads. Cause I had broken both <laughs> feet. I'd broken both ankles. So I had the shot blockers and then I had these extra pieces that, you know, when you would go down on one knee, that would cover my ankle and that I'd have pieces built onto my equipment all over and that would help, but there's still sometimes for whatever reason, they always find the spot where there's no protection. So mm-hmm. you, you go through stretches. I, I think there's times where you block a few that don't hurt. You, you feel a little bit more confident that you're in the right position, but even the law of averages and the odds you're, you're, it's not going to go your way if you're doing that yeah. on a nightly basis. Unfortunately, it is, it's the, it's part of the game. Yeah. I have so much respect for the guys that do it like every single night. And, and one of those guys who, uh, you know, I forgot which listener asked last week, but we got a question about Ryan Lindgren who had the craziest week <laughs> of just getting, he got lit up last week in like three straight games. Um, the game against Anaheim, he got blown up and then like, you know, had a shot go through his legs for a goal. Um, Pasta lit him up against Boston. And I think there was one more that I'm kind of blanking on. Um, Jake, Jake McCabe. McCabe. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. 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 Lit him up. Um, so and the question Brock, was. Brock McGinn too against Anaheim. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. There was, I think there was five hits. I remember seeing a clip. They put all five hits. Yeah. There's like, a whole post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's always questions about him. Like it seems unavoidable for him. But is it because he's putting himself in situations like how can he kind of stay out of getting hit like that? I had this conversation yesterday. Actually, uh, my 
sports therapist here who works on me as a New York guy. So we always talk about the Rangers every time I see him. And he brought that up. He's like, hey, did you see that that clip of him getting blown up? I'm like, yeah, listen, there's some that you can't avoid, especially if you have pride you, as a defenseman, you go back and you you pick up a puck off the breakout or off the dump and like, you're, you're going to have to eat some, some, some hits. There's ways you can protect yourself. Some of the hits he's putting himself in vulnerable positions as, as a, as a young player, they always tell you, get your nose over the puck. As soon as you start reaching, now you've lost your strength and you're asking to be blown up. And, and that's what happens. I, I don't think, you know, we understand he's, he's a warrior and he's more of a defensive guy. So like the, the one McCabe, like he's not that, his strengths he just watches the path. He just watches yeah, path. yeah. His, exactly. His strengths aren't in the offensive zone. So he crosses. He makes a drop pass. You got to know who you're against. That's a physical yeah. defenseman. You drop that puck. Expect a shoulder coming. So there's as much as I respect you know the gritty work that he he, he does. At the same time, it's a long season, and hopefully, you go on a long playoff run. You want to stay healthy. So I think he needs to. There needs to be a little bit of a coaching aspect where. You don't have to put yourself in these positions all the time. You don't have to extend for pucks. The moment you feel like you have to extend, there's probably a better solution to getting over the puck, working body positioning, or maybe going shoulder on shoulder and meeting before the puck. There, there's other ways that um, to solve certain certain problems uh, or find solutions on on different uh, puck placements. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's interesting. I mean, like you know, sometimes you can't tell if it's just like toughness or if it's somewhat just awareness right yeah i was gonna say stupidity is the word i was like that, that i was asked before like hey it's a meaner dumb. word <laughs> no no it is no but that's the word that was asked me he's like hey is he just yeah. dumb for trying to get blown up all the time i'm like he's not dumb he's just a proud player and his yeah. teammates respect him doing that but again it's a long season there's you know you got to pick your time and spots on on when you you have to take a hit to make the play and other times where uh, i think there's other solutions right mm. Yeah, and just have uh, one more topic before we get into some fan questions because I know we have a couple of those. But Rangers just played against Austin Matthews. They, you know, got caught puck watching twice. Matthews sneaks down the middle, gets a great pass, and takes half a second to snap that thing home. Probably the best goal scorer in the NHL right now, without a doubt. Um, so they had to go against him. Now they got Connor McDavid coming to town on Friday night. Can you talk about the difference in defending those two types of players? Because as good as they are, they're both completely different offensive weapons. So I'll, I'll get to them in a sec, but I think a great way to compare them is I dealt with something very similar when I was playing, especially in our division, it was Crosby and Ovechkin, right? They were the two best players in the league and they were in our division. So we were seeing them, it felt like every week. And you defend the two of them completely different. Ovechkin, strictly a shooter. So Matthews, you know, he's definitely a, a better shooter than a passer. Yes, he's an all-around player, but his shot is so elite. So if you're Playing these guys on a two-on-one, you're typically going to favor him and make him try to make a pass as opposed to shooting, knowing where he is on the ice, taking away his time and understanding shooting lanes. A guy like McDavid or Crosby, a little bit more complete in, in their passing ability. And I think you know McDavid is just on a completely different level where you, everyone teaches gap, 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 gap up on him. I'm the opposite. I think you have to create a little bit of, of space. Because if you do gap up on him, no one skates backwards as fast as he skates forward. No one skates forwards as fast as he yeah. skates forward. So you, you're giving him an advantage. I think I'd rather let him beat me with a shot through a screen as opposed to burning me wide and having a one-on-one breakaway with the goalie. So, and with Crosby before, his, the way he could pass the puck and still can, excuse me, pass the puck on his backhand is just as good, if not better, than most guys on their forehand. So defending him was a little bit tougher where most guys, especially in the O-zone, you're taught 
shade him to his back end, shade him to his back end, you get him on their back end, they're typically weaker. With Crosby, that wasn't the case. So to the McDavid uh, Matthews, two very elite players, but different skill sets. Well, it's funny that you said the gap up thing because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I, I wasn't a defenseman, but you know, a lot of coaches also teach you to stay inside the dots. Whereas McDavid, with that speed, he can burn by you wide. You know, with the matter of two steps. So with McDavid, are you kind of giving him more of the middle of the ice in a sense and trying to make him stick handle through, or do you let him have the wide ice but risk the fact that he could burn you? Yeah, I mean, every situation is different. It's he's just too good. You can't even. He's he's that good. So you're with him. You're relying on the forwards to do a lot of the work. To be honest with you, is they may not take the puck off him or or uh, stop him, but to at least slow him down a little bit so he's not coming at you full speed. At least he's coming at you at half or three quarter speed. It gives you a little bit uh, more of a chance. So it's it's really a team effort when you're playing against guys like him. uh, Just. He's such an elite skater. He's he's in a league of his own. Yeah, it's insane. I'm really excited to watch him play on Friday night. Um, but let's go into some fan questions. We got some good ones, some uh, some hockey ones, some non-hockey ones. Um, what, what is this one? Okay, we got we got one from Adam Monty twenty seven. Favorite bar in Manhattan? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um. Damn. I was more of like a bar club guy in my younger days. Now more of like a cocktail speakeasy um, guy in New York. And there's so many of them. There's so many amazing ones. But as far as bar, I'd have to go with Bounce. Bounce opened yeah. uh, when I was playing there. And um, I became friends with uh, with the owners. And that was my spot. I, I, was never, I never watched college football because I didn't grow up with that being Canadian. NFL for that matter. But you, know, you can go there at 1 o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday have a couple drinks and you're in jeans and a t-shirt. You have a DJ playing your favorite music and you're watching football. Like to me, that's doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. No, you've I, been there. You've been there. I'm assuming. I think we've talked about this before. If, if you're looking to fall in love with a 22 year old fresh out of college bounce on a Saturday is the place to go. <laughs> it doesn't sound terrible. It doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. I mean, have you been to the Montauk one? Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there actually for the first time this summer. I had a great time when like, the Elk Boys were in town. Yeah, when the Elk Boys were in town, that was wild, wild. Yeah, I know a guy who uh, who works for Bounce Montauk, so I try to get the yeah. hookup every time I go. I won't say his name so people don't DM him or anything. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, Bounce Bounce in Montauk is great. I actually uh, I had a really fun day there with. Um, I ran into the Hugheses and Zegris. They were there. Uh, oh, nice. Out of there, so we had a pretty fun time. Uh, those guys are they're awesome. I love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they got personality, um, which is nice. We need more of those guys. Yeah, they really do. It was funny. I actually, so, you know, I was at the uh, Ducks morning skate last week when they were here playing the Rangers and Zegers didn't play. He was, uh, you know, still coming back from injury and whatnot. So I got to watch him and Mason McTavish and Jamie Drysdale kind of do their, you know, scratches skate. And literally, like, you know, in the skate, Zegers is doing like one on ones against Drysdale and he's just like going between his legs. Like, he is just, it's, he makes it look so easy. It's insane, his skill level. I mean, it had nothing to do with what we were just talking about personality-wise, but yeah. just watching him kind of fuck around with the puck, you know, in a, yeah. in a, in a scratch of skate was really cool to watch. He marches to the beat of his own drum, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one we got, uh, Simi Sammy. Who's been the biggest surprise this season? I don't know if that's a player or team, but you can kind of take it any way you want. Uh, I mean, player, that's... I, I, we're talking Rangers, I'm assuming, right? If it's player, 
quick. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of a player like you know, being a goalie. I don't think there's. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any argument there. He's been, he's been everything and some that they probably wanted, but which we've talked about before. But now creates a little bit of issue. I know it's a good issue to have, but at the same time, with how well he's playing, they're pretty much rotating almost every game. And you look at Igor. Yeah, he's starting to come around and and, and play better, but he's used to playing 60, 70 games, and when you get that taken back and you don't get back into that rhythm of playing two, three games a week, that's tough for a starting goal. And if you're fighting it a little bit, it takes you that much longer to get it back. So I think somewhere down the stretcher, there might have to let Igor uh, run away with it a little bit so he can get some confidence and get, uh, get his mojo going again for playoffs. Yeah. I'm sure in that like February to March window, right? Like those dog days of the season, like maybe he'll get some more looks, right? Like that's kind of the time of year. I feel like mid February to mid March, it's kind of like, all right, like the lights at the end of the tunnel, but we still got these like fucking, you know, twenty-five yeah. games to go here. Um, it's it's so weird. The hockey season feels so long. It feels like we're already halfway there, and we're still like, you know, only thirty games in. So it's 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 wild how long it is. Um, but I actually wanted to ask something off of that, and I want to be careful how we kind of talk about it because nothing has really come out yet about it. But you know, Keandre Miller last week missed two games because of personal reasons. And came out and spoke about it to the media, but didn't like give detail on what was going on. And I kind of just want to ask you your thoughts on it. Cause like, you know, players are allowed to have their personal things. Right. And I think it was very brave of him to kind of come out and speak about it and be with the team. Um, I don't know what happened. I think most media members don't know what happened. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on, but um, I'm sure there were times in your career where you were maybe dealing with something personal that, I don't know if you spoke up about it or didn't, um, but can you talk about just that mindset? Yeah, and, and what he might be going through, and very brave of him. But no one needs to know what's going on either, and that and that's the problem. In you know, no offense, in the media these days, everyone wants to know, oh, what happened? What happened? He's allowed to have his own fucking life. Yeah, I understand he's a professional athlete, but he may have things going away from, the, and everyone does it, it, for any profession, for any job, for that matter. Everyone has their own stuff going on. The problem being in the public eye, and I get it. It's it's you know comes with the territory but there still needs to be a little bit of balance where you allow some allow the player or his family whatever may be going on to have that privacy or to have have the the respect to to give him some time where he doesn't have to tell you what's going on because that's none of your fucking business so yeah that's the unfortunate part where where we've gone with with the media side of things and and the access that um you know now media have to players there's no uh yeah, you're not able to deal with this stuff in a private manner. And and I hope whatever he has going on, he's doing he's doing fine. And and again, very brave of him to to speak about that. Cause he doesn't need to. He shouldn't have to, right? He should be able to deal with whatever he has going on um to himself and shouldn't have to explain himself to anyone for that matter. So were there times in my career? Yeah, absolutely. I think a little different, you know, 12, 14 years ago, 14 years ago, 15 years ago when I started, a little bit more of still that old school mentality where they're you know, this stuff wasn't spoken about. It was like, Hey, you know, man up and you deal with it and we need you type thing. Um, you know, there was plenty of, of times where you wish you could be honest about what you're going through, even though when you're not playing well, and there's a reason why you weren't playing well and you were just eating it on the chin consistently from the media, from your coaches, from social media, whatever it may be. And it's not, um, listen, we, as players, you live a great life and you make good money and whatnot, but it's not, there's a lot more to life. And um, I wish people understood that side of it as well, because it's not easy having millions and millions of people 
know, criticize you every single day about every little thing you do, right? You think for any for anyone's job, how would you feel if everyone, um, if you had millions of people doing that for whatever occupation you had? It, it wouldn't be that fun. So I think people often sometimes forget about that. And um, I wish they would maybe be able to take a step back and, and understand that sometimes. Yeah, no, honestly, I think the media with the Rangers have, have done a pretty decent job at not like prying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that's why I think it was good that he kind of came out and spoke to the media just so people kind of didn't speculate. Cause I think that's been yeah. an issue lately in the NHL where shit comes out <laughs> and it's not taken care of right away and people just speculate. Um, but, you know, I'm, I know that you are an outspoken guy. So I was curious if you had, you know, if you were going through something today, how you would have handled that, if not the same way. Yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I'd have to be going through. I can't put myself in, in his shoes. I don't know what he's going through. Uh, but again, it, it's, you know, it's a good and the bad that the access that is now being given to media and, and fans and just anyone in general with social media and, and, and so, so much access, you know, to every day, every, every piece of your life. And I understand where it's gone, but I still think, or I would have liked to see maybe that to take a step back a little bit and to allow you know, some of these guys to have some sense of their lives, lives back or some sense of privacy. Right. Mm -hmm. It was great seeing him also. I don't know if you ca caught the post game video in Boston, like he was smiling in the locker room and stuff. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, uh, well, here's a, here's a question for you though. Would, how would that affect, I guess, what you're trying to do every single day? And, you know, everyone wants the access and everyone wants, you know, these stories that aren't just, oh, you know, we had a good four check or our power play was good. Right? The cliche yeah. answers and you're looking for something more. Where's the middle ground? Well, listen, I think everyone's role in the media is different. You know, I don't work for a newspaper or TV, so I don't really have yeah. to get to the bottom of a storyline, you know? Yeah. Um, like I'm in the business of relationship building. Like I want to earn players trust and know that like, you know, when things are bad, I'm not going to ask about the bad things, you know, like, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, I, I don't plan on asking Keandre Miller about it. I don't plan on asking Pierre Laviolette about it. I don't plan on asking any of the teammates about it. Um, when he comes out and maybe says what's happening, then I'll ask. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm more so in the business of uh, building up as opposed to breaking down. And there are people who Love that. will break down and that's their role, you know. So um, yeah. Yeah. that's just kind of respect how, that. how I respect that. It. Wish more people were like that. I respect that. But there are people who have to who have to break it down. You can't have everything be, you know, rainbows and butterflies every day. Like there are, you know, like it's 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 a shitty part about the job. Like, you know, I there's so many times where I'm like, my job is to literally critique someone else about how they do their job. Like that's kind of a fucking crazy concept. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like but there's ways there's ways to do it where it can be it doesn't have to be constructive. If a guy's struggling, a guy's struggling, doesn't have you don't have to like beat him while he's down, right? There's ways yeah. like, you know th that's the good and the bad of our game, someone's playing well, someone's not. That's the only way you have a winner and a loser. Someone makes a mistake and someone makes the most of it. Or else it'd be a tie game every night and that'd be fucking boring. So yeah. every every night there's going to be someone that makes a mistake and that's the first thing people do. Oh, this idiot turned the puck over. This idiot didn't make a good save. Like, Yeah, but there's a guy on the other team who's making $10 million to make a good play as well. It's, it, we forget sometimes that there's an even, even playing field. Not everyone is going to yeah. be on top. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I was also as a player, like, you know, I let shit get to me so easily. So I, I kind of know, and, and I was never on, you know, the pro scale at a college level. Like, so I never, I would never want to ask a question that I know that I would not have handled 
myself in a good way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I have an edge there in a sense, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got a lighter one from a friend of mine, Chris Ostremski, who is the uh, researcher for NHL on TNT. And I don't know if this is your actual favorite song or not, but he asked, favorite EDM song and why is it Avicii's Broken Arrows? Oh, wow. It, um, it's one of them. It's, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic song. If you, if you don't know it, listen to it as soon it. as we finish up here. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, oh, I mean, how many of Avicii songs are stuck in the back of your head? Like, he has so many hits, so many hits. Uh, so he's probably one of my favorite artists. Um, I wouldn't say I always have one favorite song. Like, there's so many good songs now. It, it probably changes by the month. Uh, I'm 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 in a big late '90s, early 2000s hip hop phase. Like that's the music I kind of grew up with, and mm. I've really been listening to that probably every day now, and it just puts me in a good mood. Um, great outdoor workout music. Yeah, I mean, great any time of day when you have the sunshine yeah. here too in Florida. Like it just puts you in a good mood. Not that I'm a great dancer, but it immediately <laughs> picks up the vibes. Um, and you're just yeah. It, I think we've talked about before that. The power of music, you know, music is an international language. Doesn't matter where you're from, what you're going through. Music has the ability to put a smile on your face or make you dance and forget about all the shit and all the negativity going on in your life. That's that's why I got into it. I was going through a tough time in Philly. I thought my career was over my first year and I was watching so much TV. I'm like, I need a hobby to get my mind off of hockey. Like I'm bringing the game back with me and I'm fucking miserable. And this is not, I don't, enjoy the person I'm, I'm, I'm becoming. And I ended up falling in love with it. And that's what it did for me throughout my career was it was a great distraction away from hockey, something I can do after practice, um, you know, challenge myself in a different way. And I wasn't worried about, you know, the turnover I made the night before or the penalty I took. And it was just a great, uh, uh, a great distraction. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as big into music, um i actually don't like edm at are all are you a country guy are you are you a country guy no i'm kind of like are, what are you then because most people are not edm they're country you're rock and roll i'm you're gonna i think you're gonna give me shit or you're gonna respect me like my five artists are like bruce springsteen john mayer uh i like quinn 92 who's like that. a younger guy uh i don't know, I don't know. Post, post malone yeah and like uh who would my five be um I don't even know who my fit. Those are like my four that I listen to. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, no, I, listen, I, anyone's taste in music, I respect because it's a personal preference. I'm not a country guy. I'm not, I, I listen to anything. It's mostly EDM, you know, different mm -hmm. versions of house music and hip hop because again, it, it puts me in a good mood. I don't like listening to song like country where it's mostly you're heartbreaking, you're drinking whiskey or your dog dying yeah. like that. You know, that, <laughs> that's not doing it for me. So if, if, the, if those artists make you happy and you enjoy that, power to you. Zero judgment for me. I will not give you Thanks, shit. Thanks, DZ. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. I'm here, I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Last one. Uh, NY Rocky 93. If you guys could pick one spot to eat before a game, what would it be? I feel like night before a game probably would be better, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause before a game, there's just so you can't yeah. be crushing sushi or like a big steak. I was trying uh, to get Yeah. No. I, I got to rice pretty pretty rice. early on in my career actually yeah right mm -hmm. salmon chicken rice and sal i love salad people give me shit all the time and i what do you mean love salad and I, I i eat salad every pretty much every day lunch and dinner like i love love salad <laughs> uh my favorite spot in the city that's such a that's a 
I'm not even sure I can come up with an answer for that. Uh, to be honest, there's so many good places. Um, there's a spot in West Village, Emily, Emily's. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Their deep no. dish pizza is phenomenal, and their burgers unreal. Uh, the burgers phenomenal. Uh, I mean, for did you have like a? Just... Yeah, I was gonna say, like, were, were you a steak the night before a game kind of guy, or or? So early, early on, I, I was yeah, I was only steak, and then I then I was like. I was just such a mental midget, you know, I, I, I wasn't mature enough. I thought that if I didn't eat the right food, that it would ruin my game the next night. And then mm -hmm. I got to the point I ate, I ate whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't really picky to one thing. So I, I eat everything. And the problem in the city is you could have so many, you can talk to a hundred different people and ask for their top 10 restaurants and they could all be different, right? There's so many yeah. places to go. You, what's your, oh, I went to uh, Emilio's. I don't know when it was. I, I, I sent you the picture from the veal chop yeah. there. That that might be that might be top five for me. That veal chop bone and veal chop is elite, elite. So I don't that, think that I've ever be... had a veal chop in my life. We got to change that. We got to yeah. change that then. Yeah. Where where are your spots? Um, I love this place, Misi, which is by me in Brooklyn, okay. Williamsburg. Okay. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, really I good pasta know. bar. Oh, you'd love it. Okay, it's so good. Um, what's the place uh, in the West Village like? Um, something Alba. You know what I'm talking about? No. Fuck, I'm blanking on the name. Um, then there's a place. Oh my god, honestly, the bet it's all Campagnola. Hey, if you like, it, yeah. Hey, if you like chicken parm, have you been to Quality Italian and had their chicken parm? Dude, I haven't had it yet. I'm fucking dying to go. It's like the one place I've you're been dying chicken, to go. You're a chicken parm guy, and you I haven't know. been there. That's that's insane to me. That's like the spot to go. I'm not an I've uptown been, uh, guy, but like I've been there, I, I I've been there once or twice, and and I'm not a chicken parm guy either. But like you, that's like a spot you have to go. You have to. Yeah, go. I'm I'm really bad at trying new restaurants, so I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, also, like and sometimes it's just it's just too, tough that's to crazy. It's just tough for me to book reservations in advance. Like I don't really know. Yeah, fair enough. Schedule wise, if stuff, you're solo you know? or you're going with it, with a date or something, like most places, you can kind of sneak in and put your name put your name on the list or or, or sit at the bar. The yeah. thing for me for food too is in the city, there's so many places that are good. It's hard to get a bad meal there. I'm an experienced guy. I like unique places. So even like Lower East Side, La Esquina, for example, amazing spot. Mm -hmm. It looks oh, like a La little Esquina. taco I, shop. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a little taco stand that you go downstairs and this beautiful restaurant. I, I love spots like that, like very unassuming to the outside. And then it opens up to these, you know, very elegant and beautiful rest uh, restaurants. So that that's cool to me, which is very... Um, very New York esque, right? There's not many other places like Miami doesn't really have many spots like that. That's like a New York thing. Mm. Yeah, I also don't have the luxury of being like, "Hey, it's Michael Dozano from the Rangers. Can you hook me up with the reservation?" I don't do. I I don't do that, man. I don't do that. I'm not. I'm not about that. I I never name drop. I, I don't like. <laughs> oh that. yeah, you use like you use fucking Resi and, and and get a notification when there's an opening. I, I do. I I do use Resi if I book it. Yeah, I promise you, I could show you my app. I have it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do. I never. I never name drop. But I've also. I don't name drop, but I've also, from living there, I've, I have a lot of people who are in that industry. So it, it does help. <laughs> that, that does help. I won't, I won't lie there, but if I'm calling somewhere, if I am calling somewhere, I'll never say, Hey, I'm Michael Delzato. I was minus 20 in, uh, in 2009 <laughs> for the New York Rangers. Can you get me a reso? You know, like I'm not, I'm not dropping that. Yeah, that's good though. But, uh, yeah, fuck. I got to try quality Italian back to the moral of the story. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think my fa my favorite restaurant in New York 
that place that place q i've only been once it's pretty fucking good yeah i have one down in my yeah, head too is. that place is yeah yeah really good that pork rib is one of the best things i've ever had in my life it was amazing um yeah fuck well it's good all right but that uh <laughs> you, you you went to catch like when catch open in its prime that was probably my favorite place because that was the yeah. spot to be in new york and again the experience side you would go there and it'd be on a monday night that place was the spot we'd play on monday nights you go there for dinner and leo's there jonah hill like this supermodel mm-hmm. or that actor and it was just like you know being 19 20 and you're looking around you're like holy shit like this is you know it was pretty fucking cool right so like, yeah. it's those experiences i think for some people like for myself that make restaurants more appealing where it's just um, like you never know what's going to happen there. Like you're, you're, you're surprised, I guess, because the food in the, in the city is just is spectacular anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's the best, but, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. You got any final thoughts, DZ, before we hop off? Uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing the boys finish up before the break here. And we've talked about it before. There's always seems to be a lot of teams, uh, that lull going into the breaks so and maybe some guys looking uh, looking forward a little bit um, to a few days off and getting to be with their families. But as we spoke about before, the elite teams, they, you know, that stuff doesn't happen. So I think this might be uh, their first test. They're, if they're just a great team or an elite team, right? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put you to that then, I guess, or put them to that this weekend. Um, yeah. All right. TV, thank you. And for everybody listening, have a Merry Christmas because we probably won't talk to you before then. So uh, you too, DC, have a good Christmas and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks. Happy holidays, buddy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.